welcome to Looking Up, a podcast for Christian women. I'm Kathy Pollard, one of your hosts, and with me is Carla Moore, your other host. And we look forward to getting together once a week to chat and invite you in to join us in our conversations. And we hope that the things that we talk about will give you a lift and a boost and remind you to look up and see Christ and everything all around us. Carla, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to see your face. Thanks. Good to see your face. We're recording early this week because you guys are packing up and heading back to Texas. Yeah, I just was thinking the next time we record, I'll be in a different house. Mm-hmm. have to find me a different background besides this <laughs> fun. Right. You picked like this out. That sign? I sure did. Yeah, all I think about that every time out. I see it. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, we look forward to seeing your background next time. Yeah. Hope, hopefully the internet works there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's always dicey and it's dripping right. springs. Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll figure it out though. We'll figure it out. So you guys are heading down there Wednesday mm-hmm. and it takes you how long to make that drive? We can do it in a day. It's about if you went nonstop without, <laughs> without stopping for a bathroom or food break, it's about 14 hours, but we okay. usually break it into two days. Some days, usually in the fall when, when there's lots of light from early in the morning until late in the evening, we'll do it mm-hmm. in one day, but it's just smarter to break it into two. So we'll stop maybe. I don't know, Lubbock or Abilene, somewhere like that. And then we won't have as far to go the next day. And the next day is John's birthday. So hopefully we'll, oh. we won't be driving the whole time. Oh, and he'll yeah. be 27. Again. <laughs> I have to do the math in my head. He was born in 65. So he'll be, this will be the 31st anniversary of his 27th birthday. That was quick math. I'm impressed. Right? 27 yeah. 31 is 58, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I've only had one cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> have another. Do you guys still drag everything in a trailer behind you? Or do you pretty much have everything in that house and also everything in your other house? We have the trailer. Oh, you do? Did so I you tell you that pack? Rick, Rick and Pam Randall oh, found yeah. a, a trailer and, and gifted it to us. It was so sweet of them. It, it was just a little small trailer, but it's perfect. So you we can fit. Right. Yeah, That's we were nice. spending a good bit of money four times a year, one time up and back and up and back. So yeah, we fit most of it in the back of the, in the bed of the truck now. And then in the little trailer. So, but I have, I do leave a lot of things here that I didn't used to like winter clothes. I'm not taking those back. Yes. I'm not (laughs) taking those to Texas. I won't need those again until next time. Well, yeah. The end of the next quarter that we're here. So you'll get your flip-flop weather. Yes. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how does that feel though? Is that hard? Do you, do you kind of get used to where you are and it's hard to leave and then you have to get used to where you are or how does that work? Mm, it's pretty seamless as far as transition, you know, it feels like home in both places, but it does okay. tend to segment our life and make mm-hmm. life going faster because I mean, we have these chunks in, in Denver, chunks of time in Austin area, but I, I was talking to my daughter-in-law, Alyssa, one day about it and just saying how it's, it's just, it is hard to leave the people behind. And she said, this is so Alyssa, she said, what a blessing to have two places that you love so much that it's hard to leave. Oh, and it is, it's true oh, because we so just true. Yeah. we love both places, but I miss my kids and my grandkids. And I know my mom uh, is ready for me to be back too. So mm-hmm. we'll be, we'll go back. So how yeah. are things in with your mom, did they find a house? It's still in, still looking for one. They, they found one. And as we speak, they're getting the results of a home inspection on it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's not quite an hour from here. And, um, so they've, 
for those of you who don't know, mom and she got married last summer. Mm-hmm. And so mom and her husband, Ray, have been staying with us and they're hoping to move into the area. They're currently in Albuquerque. So they want to be closer and we want that also. But they, yeah. they've been house hunting and had some ups and downs with that. But <laughs> hopefully this one will work out. And he's a pretty handy guy to have around, I tell you. He likes really? to have projects to do. So yeah. while he was here, he kept his look. It was almost looking for things, you know, yeah. our our back screen door kind of sticks a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. he starts fiddling with that. And I have a um, chandelier that I found a couple of years ago. The one that was hanging, the light fixture that was hanging over our dining room table when we moved here really isn't my style. It's more kind of modern. It was like a big black globe looking mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wasn't really my style, but we found one a couple of years ago in an antique store and it's a blue and white porcelain chandelier, really pretty hmm. old fashioned, sweet looking chandelier. And, but we've just kind of hung on to it. It's been upstairs on the floor. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, one of these days we'll hang this kind of projects. And one morning Ray just hung it. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you so, need to be looking around and finding some other things. For him I to do, know, huh? I know. And so now I just can't stop looking at it. It's, it's hanging there. I love it. I'll share pictures in the group, yeah. but, um, so anyway, that was fun. So <laughs> now it's like, next time he comes back, I'm gonna have my list of things. You know? <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. while you're here, <laughs> it'll be your honey Ray <laughs> list, <laughs> but they really are. They're cute. They, um, they hold hands all the time. Oh. They pray together all the time and worship they share the same open Bible mm-hmm. on their lap and hold hands. And I'm so happy um, for your mom. Yeah. When they pray together, he sits down and she stands up and he has his arms around her. Oh, for every, well, she's a little I, short. She's yeah, she is. And then well, after, vertically challenged. Sorry. I shouldn't say short. <laughs> after worship, you know, he leans over and kisses her. I mean, they're just, mm-hmm. they're good for each other. And I'm just happy that. Yeah you know, she found somebody that loves her so much. And That's so great. That's treasures great. her and yeah, yeah, treats her like a lady. So. Yeah. Well, in, so besides your chandelier, is there anything going on around your homestead? Well, um, you know, we just had a major windstorm. Oh yeah. You shared pictures. What happened? Yes. I forgot to well, ask you. it, you know, it was crazy winds, crazy. And we had warnings. School was canceled. Businesses closed down. Events were canceled in preparation of it. And then when it happens, it just ripped trees right and left. We had trees and power lines down all up and down all the roads. We were supposed to have our um, ladies retreat mm-hmm. that same day, that night out at big Reedy camp. And that got canceled because the roads were blocked with power lines and trees and no power, no phone service. Um, we lost our power for eight hours. There is a couple of plum trees in our backyard that I'm really sad about because they came down and um, it's kind of like a a fixture for me. When I look out my kitchen window, that's what I see. And they were blooming too, right? They were in full bloom and bees Mm. buzzing everywhere. And, um, and when we first found this property, I saw those two trees. It was late summer when we saw them. So they were green and saw those two trees and thought that's the perfect picnic spot. I could just picture myself laying down a quilt and grabbing a book and having lunch out there. And, and every time I see it, no matter what the season is, I love seeing those two trees. Well, they came down and not entirely it's, 
it's like the trunk split down the middle wow. and half of the tree came down and the rest of it stayed there. So I, one of them, we may be able to salvage, but we're not sure. But the other one, we're pretty sure we can't. And it was a windstorm. It was a windstorm. I've never, I guess I've never heard of a predicted windstorm. Was it like a yes. cold front? It, it, no, it really wasn't cold. It wasn't cold at all. We were, we were on the lookout for tornadoes um very high winds they were telling everybody to you know batten down the hatches kind of a thing and we had furniture flying wow. <laughs> outside and people lost shingles and um trampolines and I mean yeah. just like whatever it it swooped through and whatever it hit it just picked up and oh Friday morning we went to the grocery store and as Neil and I were leaving one of the workers was running up through the parking lot and he said the wind came and just picked up the whole grocery cart holder in the parking lot. Wow. Picked it up in the air and it came down and landed on top of somebody's vehicle. And so he was calling people, you know, to come help him. And as we're going out the door, Neil and I look at each other because he was running straight toward where we parked. And I thought, I wonder if it was our car. <laughs> so as we're walking out the parking lot, they're all converging and we're all heading in the same direction. And I'm Yikes. going, it was our car. Oh, no. It wasn't, but it was the car right next to us. Wow. And the whole, you know, that the metal contraption where you mm -hmm. push your shot, that whole thing was all mangled up and in pieces. It just, wow. and it wasn't a tornado. It was the wind. I have just never heard of anything like that. Yeah. So we lost I, power for eight hours. So I had said something about, um, I wish I had fixed a cup of coffee before the power went out. Well, Neil mm -hmm. went out and started a fire in the yeah. fire pit to boil some water and we had French press coffee. And then we ended up taking out the iron skillets and we did breakfast. We cooked bacon and scrambled eggs and gravy over the fire. And, yeah. and you know how it is when that's, Tastes the, better. Wind, the wind was going crazy. So yeah. <laughs> it, it tastes outside. better outside, yeah. but we brought that and we brought it inside to eat. Cause it was so windy, but we were like, Oh, this is the best gravy ever. <laughs> oh, this is the best coffee ever. Wow. <laughs> so, so there was no rain. We had a very little bit, a very little bit of rain. I just assumed it was an ice storm when I saw mm -hmm. your pictures and I forgot to ask you about it. No, it wasn't cold. It was just windy. It was absolutely crazy. It's been and then a crazy the next weather day, here. Yes. The next day it was bright and sunny and beautiful. Just highlighted your broken and, trees. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. That's, that's our homestead adventure. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that kind of adventure. High winds no, are scary. They are. And that happens quite a bit. Yeah. seems like. Around here, well, so. I hope that you can salvage that one because those are beautiful trees. Me too. I do have some smaller ones. They're not full grown. They're not mature. We do have some smaller ones out there. So, but <clears throat> they're not, excuse me, they're not set up the same way, you know, just mm -hmm. that perfect side-by-side -side mm -hmm. view that I enjoyed from the kitchen window. But that's what okay. other, what other kind of trees, fruit trees do y'all have back there? Uh, we have cherry, peach, apple, pear, and plum. And have they put out fruit yet? We've gotten fruit from the apple, plum, the peaches try to come, but they don't survive. They, mm -hmm. something, something Eat gets some. them mm -hmm, every time. We have not had cherries or pears yet, but we've had fruit from the other ones. If I remember right, and you know me, I don't know trees too well, but I think tr pear trees are beautiful. Don't they mm -hmm. bloom very pretty? Mm -hmm. I may yeah. be thinking They're of a different pretty. kind. The peach trees are too, because those are kind of a pink, pretty pink blossom. Yeah. When they bloom, but 
But what about you? Have you, what have you thrifted this week? I found a purse. Um, oh. I'll, I'll show you and I'll post a picture of it. Here it is. Oh, that's funny pretty. thing. Well, oh, it's, I like it. it. Well, it's a Dooney and Burke, which, you know, I'm not a big brand name person, mm-hmm. but it's funny because several years ago, maybe not that long ago, but I saw one in the store just like this and it was deep discount, but it was still, you know, a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because it, I like one big open, I'm kind of snooty about purses, but I like one big open con- in the middle, you know, compartment. Mm-hmm. I don't like segments because then I think, is my wallet on this side or that side? So I'd rather right. just have one big pocket inside. And I like exterior pockets for my my hand sanitizer, my Burt's Bees, you know, my lotion, things that I need Your all phone. the time. Mm-hmm. And then I like uh, a key leash that's attached mm-hmm. to the inside of the purse because I can't stand digging for my keys. That's really, really petty of me, but it's one of mm-hmm. my pet peeves is trying right, to right. find my keys in my purse. So I, if there's a leash, I can just pull it straight out. Anyway, I stood there at the store and I debated whether or not I should buy it because it was more than I would have wanted to spend on an, an ordinary purse. And plus, when you buy all your stuff at Goodwill, it's hard to pay store prices for anything. And I told myself, you know, I may find something like this at Goodwill someday. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it here. Lo and behold, I found you the exact, I am. Yeah. Oh, and it was wow. very clean. I just kind of had to, to spray some Lysol around in it just because mm-hmm. that makes me feel better and clean off the bottom a little bit. But other than that, it's just, just perfect. So that was my, is it canvas? Good find. No, it's nylon. But it has a lot of leather trim around the edges and it has two outside pockets. So I can put my, my lotion in one side and I got some of that Burt's Bees, um, but what's it called that you recommended, which I love. the Miracle Bomb? Yeah, the Miracle Bomb. So I've got that in one of the pockets. I do. Oh, good. I do. I've used it on my hands. I haven't used it on my hair yet. You said it, it was, um, well, just a crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you get flyaways or whatever, you can just kind of put a little bit or even on the tips of your ends of your. Yeah. So I'm loving it and I like the purse. So hopefully there was no one that carried any illegal drugs in it or some kind of gun powder. When I go to security, yeah, they'll be like, all right, ladies, step over on this side. Uh, Oh no. You're under arrest for whatever. Well, it's important to find the right purse. I, I completely get it. There's mm-hmm. just a couple of things that you're on the hunt for until you find that what works, you know, a good lipstick. <laughs> yep. yep. The right purse, the right pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to go through a lot of lemons before you find one that works. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that if I, you know, I, I might use it for a little while and then I'll put it on eBay if I don't want any more. Mm-hmm. So it was, mm-hmm. I think it was $7.99. Oh, say, wow. Quite a steal. That's amazing. I like the colors too, because you Mm -hmm. can, that'll go with everything. Yeah. It's neutral. Hopefully I won't um, spill nail polish or something on it because it's not a forgiving, you know, it's going to stand out if I spill something on it. Or the worst is when you accidentally get a little bit of ink. Oh yeah. Somebody brushes it up with their pen, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting next to you in worship or something. And yeah. Like my grandchildren. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, there may be, I think I've heard hairspray. You can spray. um, Oh, ink and that might get it out, but I bet there are listeners that might have some tips for that. If it happens, hopefully it won't happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. You know what? Mm-hmm. I can see you parting that purse around Israel. It Maybe. looks like an Israel outfit purse also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be more of a backpack. Not in the, caves, not in the exploring parts <laughs> of the trip, but 
Yeah. Well, the other you, parts of the journey. you'd be the one down in the cave and I'd be <laughs> the one holding your backpack for you because you're the right. adventurous one. Hold my treasures mm-hmm. <laughs> while I yeah. go find some more. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to share before we get into our topic of the day? Well, I'm trying to remember what we did this weekend. We had, um, we had young adults over on Friday night and, you know, as we laughed about last Saturday, you couldn't remember what you did that weekend. And that's where I am right now. I don't remember. That was two whole days ago. Yeah. It's going to be really weird when we think about the next time we record because our schedule's off. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, we record on Thursday and then it airs on Monday. Well, so we just released a podcast this morning and we're already airing the next one because it's Monday. And mm-hmm. by the time this comes out next week, we're going to be thinking, what'd we talk about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That we laugh about it, but it's for sure. It's very true. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to make notes. How was your ladies retreat? It was good. They, um, you know, the Friday night part got canceled. We couldn't go back out Saturday either. Mm -hmm. So they just moved it to the church building and everybody had to be flexible. I, I felt bad for the ones that organized Bailey debris and Haley got, um, Bailey and Haley. (laughs) two sweet women that organize our ladies retreat for us every year. They always do such a great job and they Mm -hmm. put all that work and planning into it. You know, they, they pictured a completely different setting and schedule Mm -hmm. and, but they did really good at just going with the flow and revising things. And it went really well. And, um, the lesson. So you did it at the church building. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that was different. Did you, it was, you were going to sleep out there Friday night at big Reedy, but so you yeah, it's an that. overnight thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody goes out Friday. We have a lesson and activities, spend the night, a couple more lessons on Saturday. Oh, and our speaker had to, she was originally going to do three lessons, but she had to kind of con- converge them all into just two lessons for yeah. Saturday. And she did a good job. It was about, um, you know, using your gifts, finding your gifts. And mm-hmm. it was really good. Well, I remembered just now what we did on Saturday night. We went with Wes and Terry Autry to a um, a performance called the thorn. I had never heard of it before. Yeah. But it's, it was the thorn was about Jesus, the story of Jesus, the gospel story. And so is that drama? Yeah. And it was, you know, we, we weren't real sure what it was going to be like because it was, you know, it, it, it was a gift that Rachel and Sarah, I believe gave to Wes for his birthday. And so we went with them, excuse me. And, so it was kind of a cross between the passion and the chosen and the oh, okay. Jesus Christ superstar, that old movie from years and years ago. But so it was downtown Denver and we went down to Sam's number three and had breakfast burritos, the size of our heads, I think, <laughs> which were good, but it was a, it was an interesting, a touching performance. It was just very different than what we're used to. You know, I've never mm-hmm. thought of ballet in the story of Jesus. I'm pretty sure they didn't dance around, you know, they had people swinging from those. I don't even know if you you wouldn't call them ropes, but they look like big, I don't even know, swinging from the (laughs) ceiling. So, but it was, it was touching. It was, they had, it was like the apostle John when he's old on the Isle of Patmos and he's telling the story, like narrating it. Mm -hmm. And he did it very emotionally, but he had cute humor in there. And um, so it was, it's hard to enjoy something like that because it's a sad Mm -hmm. story, even though it's a happy outcome, but it was thought provoking. And, and I was impressed too, that here in Denver, which is, you know, a 
liberal city and mm-hmm. there's pretty usually pretty hard to find people who are respectful of the Bible, but it was a huge auditorium full of people. Oh, good. And uh, so I was encouraged by that, but that's what we did Saturday. Okay. Oh, Enjoyed that being with Wes and Terry. Well, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we mentioned the chosen last time mm-hmm. and Neil told me he's um, holding a gospel meeting somewhere. And he told me, and he watched three episodes last night mm-hmm. of the latest. Yeah. And I, I just having a hard time with it. And we've talked about this before. I haven't even mm-hmm. watched the passion. Yeah. <laughs> Neil has, but I haven't. And, mm-hmm. and now that we're further along in the series on the chosen, mm-hmm. I just find myself not wanting to watch anymore yeah. because I know it's coming. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think we That's, mentioned that last week. In fact, yeah. there's something that, that when I was preparing for today, that, that came up in my mind that I'll, we'll talk about later. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. Okay. All what right. are we talking we're, about today? We're going to talk about feeling sorry for yourself, but do you ever feel sorry for yourself, Carla? Never. I didn't think so. Yeah. We're talking about this for all of our listeners, not for us. <laughs> not for us. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So feeling sorry for yourself and, um, or self-pity mm-hmm. might be another thing that we could call it. And, um, I knew when we were brainstorming about a list of topics, um, so many of them I'm excited about, but some of them, you know, you really need this topic. <laughs> yeah. And it's really good for us to work through it on our own, you know, just to, mm-hmm. for, for us to be intentional about it. Yes, it is. And, yeah. and it's not that you necessarily have to have a horrible life to feel sorry for yourself. It can just be something that you kind of fall into habitually mm-hmm. and seeing, or maybe thinking negatively or seeing negative things, which leads to feeling sorry for yourself, you know, just, it's almost like an outlook or a mindset or a, or a bad habit. And so that's why I'm glad that we're talking about that today. And as always, this is unscripted, (laughs) but I kind of thought maybe we would talk about a little bit of what it kind of looks like and maybe clarify, we're not talking about feeling sad. Yeah. Um, there are things in life that are going to happen that we're going to feel sad about, and that's healthy and natural and normal. And God made us that way. But we're talking about when you go beyond that into feeling sorry for yourself. And Mm -hmm. so what, how would you describe that? What does that look like? What do you think of when you think of somebody who's feeling sorry for yourself? It's, it's a very inward outlook. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just thinking about yourself and, and again, like you're saying, I don't want it to be this to be something that we beat ourselves over the head about, or other people Mm -hmm. feel like we're, we're doing that, but but it is when we feel sorry for ourselves, we're really focusing inward and that's mm-hmm. pretty anti-biblical because God wants us to look outward and, you know, the whole theme of our podcast, look up and remember what, what is truly important. But I, I just think of someone who tends to think about themselves a lot. And when you're around someone like that and all they want to do is maybe complain or think about mm-hmm. the, the difficult things, it's just hard for me to and I know I do it, but it's hard for me to not think, come on, there's people who have it so much worse than you. And which is what I'm telling myself a lot, but that's kind of what I think about what, what, how do you, would you define it? Well, first it reminded me of when I was a kid and occasionally my mom or dad would have to say, quit feeling sorry for yourself, you know, stop yeah. feeling sorry for yourself. And I probably need to hear that as an adult <laughs> more yeah. often, but, mm-hmm. um, grumbling or complaining about the, those things that you mentioned, more inward focused, yeah. um, mm-hmm. having a little pity party, mm-hmm. you know, it can be really good about pulling out all the stops for that pity party and mm-hmm. um, maybe questioning. Yeah. When you start saying things like, why does everything bad happen to me? 
you know, or why can't anything go smoothly? Why am I always last? You know, it's those types of, like you say, inwardly focused kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe some statements that we make without thinking, you know, that's just my luck. Yeah. Kind of a stuff. Sounds like a pity party or feeling sorry for yourself. Do you think sometimes that there, there are different ways of projecting that? Like there are some who project it outwardly and they talk about Mm -hmm. it and it's, and you know, it's just, it's verbal. And then there's others that you see that you can just tell that they're downcast and they're just sinking further and further into themselves. And so Mm -hmm. it can be an inside and an outside. I agree. I agree. And I think it expresses itself in other ways too. Um, when you, it seems like when you get in that cycle and when I say you, I'm, I'm speaking to all of us, Understand. Uh (laughs) you get in that cycle of self-pity, you start exaggerating things. Have you noticed Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. little things become huge and and when we talk about it they get exaggerated Mm -hmm. because we're just building this momentum of feeling sorry for ourselves or maybe even resentment I thought about that one too you start resenting either situations or other people's Mm -hmm. good things that are happening to them so excuse me those are kind of some of the things when I think about what it looks like and I'm sure you did this too but did you think of somebody in the bible that makes you think of like the perfect picture of feeling sorry for yourself. Did anybody come to mind? Well, I thought about Ahab. So did I. I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost amusing, even though it's really yes. sad that it's a grown yes. man that he didn't, doesn't say that he turned his face to the wall and his wife, Jezebel, interestingly, but she was saying you should do this and giving him bad advice. Right. Mm-hmm. I went back and read it because I remember teaching that, you know, when you're teaching that to a children's Bible class, how it's hard not to share that humorously because the mm-hmm. Bible says he got on his bed mm-hmm. and sulked and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't eat, you know, he, he even refused to eat. And, and, the, and um, I went back and read it, his wife, when she does come talk to him, she says, why are you so sullen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Why has your countenance fallen? Yeah, Uh a grown man. You can just picture him sitting on his bed. He's pouting Mm -hmm. because things didn't go his way. And um, I thought of another one too, sort of. And that was the older brother in Luke 15. Because in his case, um, it was a matter of being jealous of something that was happening to somebody else. You know, his um, brother getting all this attention and just the way he speaks to his father. Have I not? served you all these mm-hmm. years, you know, I've never done this and I've never done that yet. You've never given me the fatty calf. You know, you can just kind of hear that yeah, yeah. self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself there. Yeah. So I thought about uh, Elijah in that same story. Well, not exactly the same story, but in the context of Jezebel, mm-hmm. but remember after he had defeated the prophets of Baal and all those other, um, the people up on Mount Carmel, And then he ran, I want to say down to Beersheba away from Jezebel because she threatened his life. But remember Mm -hmm. how he, um, he said, I'm the only one left. Mm -hmm. So there's interesting things when you look at that context of what God did, God gave him something to eat and made him rest. And then he gave him something to do, which I know we're going to talk about more of of that later on, but Mm -hmm. uh, this mighty prophet of God who defeated all the, you know, and in, in, in a very decisive way, but yet he felt sorry for himself. And I think he would, there's reasons for it, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of instances of people that felt sorry for themselves in scripture. 
Yeah, he had just come, he had just had experienced a victory, mm-hmm. a major victory for God and God's glory. And right on the heels of that, when it became personal and he was the one targeted, yeah, he really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it made me think about what kinds of things make us feel sorry for ourselves, because some of them you can understand that'd be hard to deal with. It'd be hard not to start feeling, you know, experiencing self-pity. And then some of them just seem so trivial. And, and I, I know it's easy to get caught up in that. And have you ever, when you're going through something, you know, it's trivial, Mm -hmm. you know, it's ridiculous. Maybe you're even saying in your own mind, good grief, get over yourself, you know, Uh (laughs) what is your problem? Mm -hmm. But it's like, once you hit that gear, it's, it can be kind of tough to pull yourself back out of it or get back in that good mental space that that you're supposed to be in, but so with King Ahab, it was something that he wanted and he was told no, Mm -hmm. that led to him feeling sorry for himself. The older brother, I'm not sure, but I was thinking jealousy over the attention that his younger brother was receiving. Um, but what kinds of things, you know, can lead us to feeling sorry for ourselves? Do you think what comes to your mind? Well, and back in on Elijah, I think maybe just exhaustion played a Mm. part in it that and I think sometimes we just get we wear ourselves out Mm -hmm. and need a little bit of of rest time and we need I think a good friend and of course in this situation God was the good friend but we need a good friend Mm -hmm. who will remind us of truth and and tell us maybe not in the words get over yourself but can say let's let's think about this let's look at this a little bit closer and we don't like that sometimes we don't want someone to we because we want to roll around in it yeah (laughs) and so it takes it takes wisdom on the part of whoever's trying to help to to be careful in in their timing Mm -hmm. but I think it helps to have a friend that says "Mm, I don't know if that if you're seeing this completely the way you should and and so I would I guess I would think about that I'm glad you brought that up because in the Bible instances, you mentioned um, Elijah had God, but look at Ahab. Jezebel mm. was not a good friend to him. Right. <laughs> she she kind of took that and ran with it and got rid of Naboth so that he could, in fact, here, yeah. here, here, sweetie, here's your mm-hmm. vineyard. Feel yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. So she didn't offer good counsel. The older Haman. brother. Oh yeah. That's yeah, a good his example. Wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good And look what happened too. to him. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> ultimate comeuppance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the older brother had his father mm-hmm. who came in and told him good things to hear. Yeah. yeah. But while you were talking about that, I thought we kind of learn our friends though, because I can think about specific people in my life that when I'm having a good old fashioned pity party, I know who I can say something to and she's going to say, well, Blah, 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 you know, and kind of straighten yeah. me out. And I'm not yeah. ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there are people I know that I can say something to and they'll go, oh, oh, mm-hmm. that had to be hard. Oh, sorry. Oh, let's go get some coffee. Oh, you know. Yeah. And then after a while, well, <laughs> say what I need yeah. to hear. So yeah. because sometimes you need to process out loud. You just need mm-hmm. to talk it out and you realize yeah. you're being ridiculous and then you get over right. it. Right. <laughs> And you have friends like that, that you can bounce things off of. And sometimes, and, and you're one of these for me, I can see in your eyes, like, okay, you know, I'm not not saying anything bad, but like, okay, you know, I just, I I understand that 
when you hear yourself talk out loud, say some mm-hmm. things out loud, you realize this, I need to think of this differently. Um, mm-hmm. Some, I had written this down call it reframing your thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and the saying that, that is that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Oh, that's just, good. It's really hard to write that out because you have to have emphasis on the right words, but you just have to change how you look at some situations before mm-hmm. you can see that there's good in it. Well, there's always going to be good in something when God's involved. We just have to look for it. Mm-hmm. That's really good. You'll have to share that one in the group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about some things that might make us feel sorry for ourselves. And one of them that I know that I wrestle with is the loss of control. And yeah. I guess I'm a bit of a control freak. Actually, I shouldn't say, I guess. <laughs> and when things don't go the way you planned, um, you know, and I'm not even talking about the ability to be flexible or not, just maybe in your life or how you envision something going, or when your children get older and you can't control mm-hmm. things that happen to them or that they experience or, um, you know, loss of control is a big one for me. Yeah, and yeah. that can lead me to, instead of just turning it over to God and trusting the process you know, it's, um, it's really easy to have a little pity party and this is not how I envisioned this going. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's so true. Loss of control. Mm -hmm. And we really don't have control over anything to begin with, you know, if we live submissively, but, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we have the illusion of having some control. (laughs) I like that illusion, Carla. Uh (laughs) Don't take away my illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Face the facts. You're not what? in control. What's the matter with you? It's mm-hmm. the truth. <laughs> uh, another one is inconveniences. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we do not like to be inconvenienced in, in the land of conveniences and quick gratification and <laughs> all mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah. Um, so the little bump in the road and the pause that forces you to just stop and wait. Yeah. Um, or interrupt your schedule or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I also thought about being left out. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Or just overlooked. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say this carefully, but sometimes when we're feeling left out, it might be because we have not opened up, opened ourselves up to friendship, or mm-hmm. maybe we have some way that we handle things. Like I'm just thinking of certain situations where you ask someone to be part of whatever, and they spend the whole time on their phone, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have their heads down on their phone and I've thought, okay, well, maybe they just, this is a, they're protecting themselves. They don't know how to act in a group setting or they're, they're hiding behind it because they don't know mm-hmm. exactly how to act. So yeah. there's reasons behind that, but when you are not a friend, Mm-hmm. then people don't want to be your friend, you know, okay. and maybe we're treading into another territory here, but I'm just thinking about <laughs> okay. people who feel left out. And sometimes it's because like, even in a church setting, if you show up late, sit on the back row and leave early and then say they didn't include me in anything. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you have some responsibility and showing up and, and, and going up to someone and saying, Hey, my name is Carla, mm-hmm. you know? So I just think yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of times when we wrestle with that, you know, why am I always left out? Um, 
it probably is a personal problem and something that we've brought on ourselves intentionally or not. But I also know that there are times when it just legitimately happens because we're human and that's, and I know that I have left people out unintentionally, you know, or, or, or overlooked something that I never should have overlooked and didn't mean to, but it happens. Right. And, um, I just think that sometimes that happens and you, you will get overlooked or left out at times and it can be a little bit hurtful. You don't want yeah. it to, but it can hurt your feelings sure. a little bit. And, um, even knowing that it wasn't intentional, um, I just think that sometimes that can be one of the things that can make yeah. it easy for us to feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah. And then I also thought of unhealthy comparisons, mm. um, <clears throat> and, and whatever, aspect of your life. It's so easy to do. And we've talked about that before social media and seeing what everybody else has going on or their relationships and their marriage and their household or their success or whatever it might be, their circle of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, If we start doing that and we feel like we're not where we want to be. And again, probably goes a little bit back to what you said people that are experiencing those things are working for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're, they're uh, working hard or everything's not as it seems either one, but unhealthy comparisons can land us into some unhappy mental space. I think John has said before that when people are posting on social media, that's the highlight reel, you know, and it's not always real life. So yeah. Yeah, it's very unhealthy Sorry. when you're comparing your life to a highlight reel, someone else's, and you're not seeing the hard stuff that they have going on, and maybe they just don't share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard something similar about your you're comparing your um, background. I forget how it goes to their highlight reel. We're mm-hmm. seeing everything that's going yeah. on on our end, and only what they want you to right on their end. So anyway, big or small, there's all kinds of things that can cause us to have a little pity party, but we decided to do something a little bit different with this episode. And we did a little listener poll. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we had asked our listeners to share, um, what are some things that you do to stop feeling sorry for yourself? Cause I wanted to know, you know, what, if obviously we're not the only ones that can get caught up in that. So mm-hmm. get some great ideas and some input from some of our listeners. And we really did. We got lots of good stuff. Yeah. for us to share. And um, before we get into that, I wanted to share, I found this um, article by Amy Morin, M-O-R-I-N. Mm-hmm. All I know about her is that she wrote a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she talks about this idea of self-pity and she wrote an article called Two Psychological Tricks That Will Help You Stop Feeling Sorry for Yourself. Mm-hmm. But what I appreciated was she pulls no punches. I mean, yeah. it's, if you're feeling sorry for yourself and you go read this to feel better, it, that's probably, you're probably not going to read what you expected yeah. to read. You might because, not like it. Right. She said, um, hardship is inevitable, but self-pity is optional. Okay. And then she says, it drains you of the mental strength you need to be your best. And what I wanted to share that really where she pulls no punches is she said, You'll probably find yourself complaining about the unfairness of your circumstances in an effort to get other people to attend your pity party. And while your complaints may help you gain some temporary sympathy, your efforts will eventually wreak havoc on your social life. Commiserating with people around you isn't really a bonding activity. Mm. After all, no one ever says, 
what I really like about her is that she feels sorry for herself. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So, but the two things that she mentions, I thought were so interesting because they're biblical and she is Mm -hmm. not approaching this from a biblical angle at all. This is just Mm -hmm. strict psychological study. And Mm -hmm. the first one is, oh, great. Ollie's Ollie is in. complaining yeah. about something. <laughs> uh, the Ollie, hush. There's an airplane going overhead. That's what oh, it well, is. He's warning you. <laughs> the first one is do things that make it harder for you to feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, so she mentions things like doing something physically active, doing something kind for others. And, and I think we see those things keep making an appearance and some of the things we're going to share from our listeners. And then the second one was exchange self-pity for gratitude. Um, And she says that self-pity causes you to think I deserve better. Mm -hmm. While gratitude is about thinking I have more than I deserve. Mm, That's great. It was really, really good. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny that you said mental strength, because that was kind of where my mind went when I Mm -hmm. was kind of thinking about, I tend to be kind of no nonsense about Mm -hmm. some things and which is not well, but it's not always a great sympathy. You know, I I tend to, and and I'm being honest about this. I tend to say, I may be the person that offers the advice of how to get over it before I say, let's talk about it. You know, let's have coffee or what, like, like what you were saying earlier. You're not that Um, person. Well, I think sometimes I am, but it made me think about, um, I've jotted several things down to preventing it or trying to address it. One of the things is to face it, you know, face whatever it is that you're feeling sorry for yourself about and think, why am I feeling this way? Because when you analyze it, it kind of helps to, is is this really logical? Is this helpful? Because I think we have, there are things logically we understand, and then there are things emotionally. And am I looking at this logically or emotionally? Mm -hmm. I think we have to spend some time emotionally thinking about it and say, okay, I I understand why I'm feeling this way, but let's, let's look at it logically. But then I also wrote down, prevent it, prevent the spiral, because Mm. like you said a minute ago, once you start going that way, it's hard to keep it from just spiraling into a huge thing. It doesn't have to turn Mm -hmm. into a, a thing. So, but one of the things that, um, that I had written down was to develop mental strength Hmm. and that passage, first Corinthians 16, 13, Mm -hmm. where it says to be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. I had done a lesson on this, but, um, Mm -hmm. so be on the alert is to be in constant readiness, which I think applies here to, Mm -hmm. if you know that you tend towards self-pity be watching out for it, stand firm in the faith. And that has the idea of holding the line. And I, I can't help thinking about Braveheart, you know, hold the line, but, but being in battle formation. And Mm -hmm. if think about this from an army standpoint and us being in the army of God, if we're all in the army thinking about ourselves, then we're not thinking about what we're supposed to be thinking about, which is Mm -hmm. protecting the, the family of God and then act like men means to conduct yourself in a courageous way. So don't be a spiritual baby. But the main thing that I thought of was being strong. (laughs) A lot of that leading up to this being strong. And that word means to grasp or to seize. And there's nothing flimsy about that. You know, it's being strong and it has to do with mental strength. So we spend a lot of time working on our physical bodies, whether it's strength, you know, physical training, 
but do we really spend time developing emotionally and spiritual strength and Mm -hmm. mental strength? It's not a real popular thing to talk about. No, that is so, so good. I cracked up a little bit though. You said, don't be a spiritual baby (laughs) because a lot of times that's what I'm saying to myself when I catch myself having the pity party, don't be a baby, you know, Mm -hmm. don't be a grow up, just grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Stop being ridiculous. Yeah. But think about, you know, Paul's the one that wrote those words. And Hmm. when you think about Paul, when he was Saul and when he became Paul, you know, when he made that transition, think of all the things that he lost when he, when he turned from Judaism and became a Christian, he lost his peers, the people that he hung around with, you know, his Mm -hmm. friends, he lost friends. He lost his position as being someone, you know, he had to have been well-known because Christians Mm -hmm. feared him. So they probably, his Jewish friends, the ones that were hardliners like him probably thought, wow, he's, he's a, a giant of a man. And he probably had a lot of respect, but then when he made the change, he lost, he knew peers, the ones, the Christians, they, they would have been scared of him because they heard about what he had done and they must, must have not trusted him for a while. They probably blamed him and resented him, but yet, you know, he, he went on and he didn't feel sorry for himself. There's the passage Mm -hmm. that says he, he forgets what lies behind and he's pressing forward. And, you know, of all people, he was stoned and beaten and shipwrecked and all those things. But I just don't detect any self-pity in any of the things. He's content Uh wherever he was. So I I think about Paul when he tells me to to be strong, act like a man, which may be a funny thing to say to a woman. But I want to be mentally strong and be prepared for these things before they this mindset, get rid of it before it happens. I have a series of lessons on storms where your Mm -hmm. anchor hold. And the very last slide is that verse. The version is different that I have up on the screen. And I don't know if it's new King James or what, but the way it's worded is watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the King James says, quit ye like men. Quit (laughs) ye like men. (laughs) So it was like, what exactly does that mean? Which nobody talks that way, but it sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah. Quit ye like men. Quit ye like men. Yeah. I also thought about, this is another little thing that I jotted down about, have you seen the episode of The Chosen where he goes to Nazareth? Um, it's, I think it's season three, episode three or four. I don't think so. So he has a conversation with little James and the, I found out that the actor that plays little James has cerebral palsy, but he's, you can see when he's walking, he's kind of bent. Mm -hmm. And it was just the most touching scene where James, Jesus has just told the disciples that they're going out two by two and, and that they're going to have the ability to heal and to cure And yet he's got this, his own physical condition. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to Jesus and he says, I'm, I'm going to, you know, he's very humble and sorrowful. He's got tears. And he says, how am I going to be able to do this when people are going to look at me with my physical condition and, and why haven't you healed me? And he does it Mm -hmm. again. He's not, he's just questioning in the sense of why, Mm -hmm. why, why can't I be healed? And I wrote down, I went back and looked at this conversation and I wrote down what Jesus says. Um, he, he told James, when, when you still praise God in spite of this physical condition, 
to know how to focus on all that matters so much more than the body, you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. He says not everyone will understand that. So it's it's Jesus in this series addressing pain and suffering. But he says, he tells little James, you will leap like a deer. Just hold on a little longer. Uh, and it's just the most touching scene. He says, remember, you will be healed. It's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful scene. And I, I'll, in the group, I'll link where you mm-hmm. can watch just that scene. I have not but, seen that. I would have remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there's people, and I know we're going to talk about that are experiencing physical difficulties that I think that that's helpful. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Well, before I forget, I want to backtrack a little bit okay. to what you said when you said you were no nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so you're probably <laughs> not the more sympathetic friend, but I'm, I really mean it. You really are. You really are good at listening and kind of indulging for a little bit, you know, which is comforting. Um, you might think those nonsense thoughts, no nonsense thoughts in your head. Like when I'm talking to you, <laughs> but you don't say it, you just listen. And, but then when you pray about it and you address it, whatever it is I've shared with you to our father, then I feel like you get to the no nonsense part of it and not in an unkind way, but just that, you know, what to pray for. Well, I think that because I know you and I know that you're, you're trying to talk yourself out of some things that you're struggling with. You're not rolling around in it and dwelling on it and, and, and they're legitimate difficulties. And so I know that, you know, that God will help you with those things. And so that's where I guess if, if the way you put it is indulging, it's not indulging. It's just, I think that's what we do. We love one another and we bear one another's Mm -hmm. burdens and it's a burden, but there are other times with other people that you just know, come on, you need to just get yourself out of this. And so it's kind of hard to not say, come on, you need to get yourself out of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and we probably all know people who there, it seems like their entire life is one challenge after Mm -hmm. another and they handle it so gracefully. And what an example for us when we do start feeling sorry for ourselves over trivial things, well, or even over big things, that's still not a great place to go mentally. Um, but it's, you know, God has given us even in our own spheres and circles of people, examples of look at how they handle this. Look at how they still think of other people and, um, they still look on the bright side of things. They still smile. You never see them having a pity party mm-hmm. or complaining or, you know, feeling sorry for themselves. You just don't. Right. And, and I'm grateful for those examples because then when I go, do <laughs> turn, you know, make a big deal out of some small thing, I can say, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, look what they're going through and look how they're handling that. Yeah. And I think that those people that don't, you don't hear them complaining, they don't want the attention. Mm-hmm. And maybe that there's some of us who are seeking attention with, um, complaining or self-pity mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just not a good kind of attention. And they haven't mm-hmm. figured out yet that if, if you want friends and if you want, um, attention in the positive sense, it's not, you're not going to get it by complaining or, or mm-hmm. saying, Oh, woe is me. Well, I sometimes wonder if we just don't know what else to talk about. You know, yeah. it's when you get together and you say, Hey, how are you doing? How's your week? 
it's like we're automatically cataloging our week. Well, this mm -hmm. happened and this happened and this happens. And I don't know if, if we've just been conditioned that way sometimes. It's just so normal. Right. And we're so tired. We're so stressed. We're so whatever, you know, and that we just don't know what else to talk about or mm -hmm. we're not focusing on the blessings or are in the habit of talking about the blessings. It reminds me of that episode we had about responding to hard things with mm -hmm. praise and pointing to God's glory that that takes some training and conditioning yeah. it doesn't necessarily happen automatically and I think it's the same with this is pulling ourselves up out of that like you mentioned I loved your um your advice about growing mentally stronger or if you know that that's a weakness of yours if you tend to lean toward feeling sorry for yourself work on that yeah. And what can you do? Get into the word in such a way that'll arm yourself against that. And some of the verses that I was looking up, you know, it's funny, you can't just say um, Google Bible verses about feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can, but you might but, not get what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, maybe not worded that way, but we definitely have a lot of scriptures. You've pointed out some um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, and James 5.13 is the one that says, if anyone's suffering, let him pray. And when cheerful, sing praise. So giving thanks and praying. I thought Hebrews 13.5 was applicable too, because it talks about um, being content with what you have. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that lead to feeling sorry for ourselves is discontentment is mm -hmm. a big one. Um, Psalm 43.5 is where the psalmist says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Mm -hmm. And I think we can all understand those feelings. And he goes on to say, hope in God, yeah. for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And aren't there a lot of Psalms that start out like you're talking, you know, yes. my soul cleaves to the dust, mm -hmm. but then they end up saying, but I will hope in God. Mm -hmm. So the answer is in the Psalm a lot of times. It is. And the last one was Psalm 51, when David's praying, verse 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And mm -hmm. I know contextually, it's a little bit different, but sometimes we've just kind of lost that joy and, but we can pray about it and we can ask God to restore all of those things that we need to combat this idea of self-pity or feeling sorry for ourselves. Yeah. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Mm -hmm willing spirit. Mm -hmm. Do we have a willing spirit? Mm -hmm. I thought about second Corinthians 12, 10, again, Paul, and he says, therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I, I kind of like what you were talking about a minute ago, I was thinking it's habitual to, to complain and feel sorry for ourselves, but we don't have to stay that way. We can mm -hmm. be we can be uh, habitually looking for the good, like the person you were talking about, who doesn't always talk about themselves and the, the sad things, because we, we can change with the help of the Lord. And even in that passage where he says, therefore, when you look back to see what he, why did he say, therefore, it's because of the grace and the power of Christ that's in him. So we don't have to do that on our own. We can rely on the power of God and ask him to help us in just being aware of it and, uh, pinpointing the problems that we have in our lives and the faults that we have, we can ask God to help. And he's got the power. We don't have the power, but he does have the power that he's willing to share with us. 
my daughter-in-law, Erin, has a sign in one of her bathrooms that says there's always, always something to be thankful for. Hmm, And that's a mindset. You know, Mm -hmm. there's even in in the middle of really, really hard things, you can find something to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to have a good cry. Yeah. And especially if you've had to kind of keep it in because you haven't really had a good opportunity. You need to be alone. Go ahead and play your sad music. Have your cry, you know, your ugly snot cry if you need to by yourself and, mm-hmm. and then move on. You know, yeah. sometimes you just got to get it out of your system. I think that God gave us those tear ducts and he knew that it wasn't always going to be just pain that, yeah. that would cause us to cry, but that's cleansing. Sometimes that helps. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm talking to Neil and I, it's like, I'm talking in a big circle. I don't really understand mm-hmm. why I feel this way or where I'm mm-hmm. even going with this conversation, but <laughs> you're processing out loud. Here I am. That's yeah. right. Here it all is. And, and I'm, and now I'm crying. I'm not even sure why I'm crying. Yeah. But sometimes you just need to have a good cry and let it go and then spend some time in prayer. And, and when you have a trusted the friend, comes out. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have a trusted friend and your husband to be able to talk about things like that. And I do, yeah with John too. Sometimes he says, and maybe we need to do this with our friends. Okay. Is this something you want me to try to fix or do you just want me to listen? Exactly. So it's probably a good idea with our friends, even if they're complaining, it, you know, good friends. I know we're mm-hmm. not going to say this to just acquaintances, but do you just need me to listen? Right. Or <laughs> sometimes he'll say, can I offer a suggestion? What are you going to say? No, I don't want your suggestions. No. <laughs> please set me straight. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly why I'm talking to you. I'm so pathetic. I don't even like myself right now. (laughs) I'm tired of my own company. Uh Yeah. It happens. Uh, That was like one of the books I recommended in the last, actually, I don't even think I got to that book. One of the books I was going to recommend had this line that was, uh, it was talking about marriage and it said, would you want to be married to you? (laughs) Would you want you for a wife? (laughs) Uh Yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever get tired of my being with myself, but sometimes I get sick of the way I'm thinking. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Especially when, you know, there's no good reason for it. God is good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, heaven is real. The birds are singing. Yeah. Exactly. Snap and, out of it. And it, I know we're going to get to some of the things that people suggested, but one of the ones that, that I received that was a really heart wrenching one, she's still, like you said, she's looking at heaven and, and that we have that to look forward to. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, always yeah. heaven, mm-hmm. no matter the circumstance and no matter where we are. And it's just a, a blip of time here on this earth. It doesn't feel like it right now, but we have to endure for a little while. And Mm -hmm. sometimes God is refining us through the hard things that we're going through. Mm -hmm. And so we can look for him in every situation. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, with the the strength training, you Mm -hmm. know, not that I know anything about that, but (laughs) (laughs) doesn't that have to do with literally damaged muscles? Aren't you literally ripping your muscles and breaking it down back? When they grow back, they're bigger and stronger. Yeah, that sounds painful. That I don't like to think painful. about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't do it. No, yeah. Didn't Paul say bodily exercise profits, profits little? little. <laughs> yeah. He also says to buffet, to buffet our bodies. Isn't that what he said? No, that's not what he says. Oh, but not. I like that. I like that version better. What? Yeah. 
What other verses can we twist up today? (laughs) I like that one when I go to the all you can eat buffet. That's right. I'm pretty good at buffeting my body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I like it. Okay. So um, do you want to share? Do we want to go ahead and share some of our listener suggestions for how they overcome films? We have quite a few. Yeah. Well, I was I was curious for you. Did you see a common theme? And the sure ones did. that you received, I started underlining them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you see? They all have to do with, um, just getting up and getting busy, mm-hmm. you know, um, spending time in prayer, doing something for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the one I kept noticing was serving, serving mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Thinking mm-hmm. outside of yourself, which is how you started us off. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of them, are we going to share them now? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. One of them I got from Carol Roberts and she is the sweetest lady. (laughs) And she, she actually commented in, in the group that she's not been able to listen. She can't figure out how to get the podcast running. So she lives in Pennsylvania. So it's going to be a little hard for me to, maybe I need to make a real quick trip up there. Somebody needs to help her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend I think doesn't live too far, so I'll see if she can help her. But she said, I always try to find a silver lining in everything. And I, and she said a few other things, but I loved that, especially that there's, there is a silver lining and sometimes we have to dig really hard for it, but, but we'll find if we're looking for it, if we have that, and she does have that kind of personality that she's going to find something good. They've experienced quite a few health issues. Her husband, especially last year, spent a lot of time in the hospital, but she would send reports and she always had uh, cheerful things to say, even when she wasn't too sure how her husband was going to end up. So I love mm-hmm. that one. Look for a silver lining. And doesn't it give more meaning when you know the person and their circumstances yeah. and they can still say something like that? Yeah. Another thing I thought was interesting when we, when we started getting the feedback is the ages are all over the place mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, we've got some young women that have given us some good ideas. We've got some older women and they're all really good, different, different circumstances and faces. But like you said, you kind of see a similar thread going all the way through them. Mm -hmm. Um, one I got was from Charlotte Oren Mm -hmm. and she likes to journal. So Mm -hmm. she said, she'll journal her thoughts and pray to God. Um, she said, it always helps me stop feeling sorry for myself. So I thought that was good too. put it down on paper. Then you can look like back later feeling mm-hmm. you yeah. can see how God answers the prayers and you can also maybe sometimes see that there was something of a greater purpose that was working through that trial mm-hmm. that you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. I like specific things like that. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Blevins. And she said she has multiple chronic illnesses and constant pain. So she has trouble feeling sorry for herself with that. But she said, when I'm really flaring and feeling like a pity party, I know I have to get out of my own head. So I try to focus on others, praying for them, writing them notes, texting to check on them. If I'm physically able, being productive in service of some kind works wonders. So there's that being busy with others for others. Okay. So the next one I'm going to share is from Kaylee McKee. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned a few things. She says she likes to go outside and that's great. Get out, get some sunshine, Mm -hmm. go outside, go for a walk or do a workout. She likes to focus on the good and what she control can, can control Mm -hmm. rather than what she can't. And she said, she likes to remind herself of how lonely and mistreated Jesus was. And he was perfect. And that, that always humbles her. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Getting outside, you know, there's so many good things about that fresh air and just a a change of venue and looking around at God's creation just reminds you and humbles you that Mm -hmm. he's still sovereign. He's still in control. And it just, Mm -hmm. you can pray outside. There's so many things. That's great. uh, Great advice. That was good. What else do you have? I have one from my, I always, we joke and say my old friend, because she probably is my oldest, not old as far as age, but long time. I say, oh, my, my old, I mean, my longtime friend, Phyllis Siebert, (laughs) this is what she said for what it's worth. When I'm feeling sorry for myself, right after I've eaten my feelings, ha ha, I look for someone (laughs) other to serve. Not Mm -hmm. always. And this is so Phyllis right here. Not always for a noble reason. I am sad to say but for a distraction. I will also remind myself that whatever loss I'm feeling that has made me feel sorry for myself is a misalignment of my purpose. And if I, yeah, if I'm focused on the loss, I am not focused on my true purpose for being here. And this is from a woman Mm -hmm. who I've always been amazed how she, she's got a life and she's got lots going on. They have a business, but she will all of a sudden show up at your door with a pan of cinnamon rolls and, Mm -hmm. and she lives about 45 minutes away from me. So she, she knows what she's doing, but she also knows herself. And so I thought that was so great. A misalignment of my purpose when we get focused out to me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you focus on whatever loss it is, and if it's a, and, and, you know, I guess thinking about those things, they're a loss, but is it, is it something that we can control? Is it something that really matters? So we've mm-hmm. got to remember what our what our purpose for being on this earth is for. That's good. And mm-hmm. I appreciate how everybody's being very real about this mm-hmm. when they shared their input. Yeah. Um, I have one from Kay Scott. She said, first, I allow myself time to acknowledge that things are not ideal. I allow myself to feel them. I believe we are given them for a reason. I then try to acknowledge all God has done for me and in my life. I pray that the circumstances will be used for him. And I acknowledge that he too knows what frustration, sadness, and grief feel like. If I'm stuck, I do something for someone else, sing praises and or visit nature. Yeah. Yeah. There mm-hmm. again, is the serving and doing things, getting, getting out of our own head, but yet facing and feeling, you know, allowing ourselves to feel, Mm -hmm. but just not forever, not wallowing in it. Yeah. And she adds the part about, um, God knows what we're going through. He's felt those things. Yeah. I have one from Doris bigger that came to Israel with us several years ago. She says, when I'm feeling sorry for myself, one thing I do is to do something for someone else. So again, there's that serving. Mm -hmm. And then she said, another pity party buster is music. And find an encouraging or an upbeat song and sing along the louder, the better. That's, so Doris, that's if you're listening, I'm picturing you belting out the song. And that's what right. we should call the list. Pity party busters. busters. There, just, there you go. Yeah. Just create your own list of things that you can do because maybe in the moment you're having a hard time thinking of something and yeah, you can just pull that out and pick a couple of them and do it. Yep. yep. From Cheryl McIntosh. I count my blessings from God, spiritual and physical serve others. And remember, there are people with more and worse problems than I have. Mm-hmm. I think we can all do that. Those yes. exact things. Yes. Yeah. I have one from Martha Bluen, a good friend. She lives in New Hampshire. She says, mm-hmm. what do I do to stop feeling sorry for myself? I think about how blessed my life has been 
and how much harder so many other people have it. And then she she lists a few things. They built a house last year and they sold their house before they had their new one built. So they were basically homeless. Although, oh. you know, there had been any number of people that would have put given them a place, but they lived in their trailer and went through a New Hampshire winter in a in oh. a trailer. But she said, um, she said it was a temporary thing. I was grateful for a spring nearby to get water, a generator for electricity three times a day and an outhouse and a shower at the church building. <laughs> this is so Martha. She can do anything. And then she says, you know, as far as pain, she says, I'm still mobile. I can play with my grandkids. One of her daughters is a missionary in Japan. And so they haven't seen each other in a long time, but she says, I'm grateful for FaceTime. And mm. any of us with grandchildren know that FaceTime is not nearly as good as having the real thing, but she's grateful. So she says, I try not to wallow in my sorrow. And she mentioned Sheila Butt giving herself 10 minutes to feel sorry for herself and then gets on with things. Mm-hmm. Talk about getting back to the basics of things to be thankful for. <laughs> a yeah. stream, a little electricity. Mm-hmm. But think about how many, how many centuries or millennia did people just have a stream for water and a, an outhouse, if you will, and things. So we're just spoiled. We basically are are spoiled having things. All right. You're going to like this one. It's from Zephyr Williamson and she calls it Plum disease, P-L-O-M, Plum disease. When I get Plum disease, as I call it, poor little old me. (laughs) (laughs) give myself a good talk. And I say, self, you prayed for all of this and God has blessed you. So be grateful and thankful and get over yourself. Mm. Then I make a cup of strong British tea and have a piece of chocolate and go clean something. It works every time. (laughs) With a name like Zephyr. I mean, she probably can handle anything. That's awesome. Isn't that cute? Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. Carrie Epling says, I, when I feel sorry for myself, I either find some way to serve others or literally make a list of blessings. So, you mm-hmm. know, serving is just such a common thing. Yes. It, you know, it must be pretty simple and effective because everybody is saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kalina Tribig said ways I try to get over feeling sorry for myself, seek and look for the positives in my life or situation, talk to friends for help or advice or perspective. Mm-hmm. Praying for myself and others, and then make a list and count blessings. Yeah. Perspective is such a good word in there. And I don't know if we've even used it, but I don't think so. Yeah. Perspective. And, and that's something to step back and just have a different perspective and different outlook. So that's yeah. good and advice. Sometimes it is easier for somebody else to help you get that perspective back. They can see things better yeah. than we can yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Uh, my friend Karen Peroni back from Dripping Springs says, when I feel sorry for myself and am having my own pity party, I stop and think about others in the world who have far greater troubles, sickness, worries, et cetera. And then I stop and think about all the bountiful blessings in my life and thank God for his blessings and ask forgiveness for feeling sorry. When I stop and reflect on others who are going through difficult times, it helps me to realize that most of my problems are small in comparison. And mm-hmm. I, I was highlighting some things that she wrote and the word stop, she used it three times, stop and think, stop and think, stop and reflect. So that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's good advice. Just hold, just tell yourself, stop and think. Mm -hmm. Be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Sky Brown. First, I pray God will open my eyes to the positives in my life. I like that too. Just Mm -hmm. when you're having a hard time seeing it yourself, just ask God to help you. Next, I write five things I'm grateful for in my life. Then I try to change my focus to serving others. I look for ways to improve someone else's day, write cards, 
call to encourage another, visit shut-ins, cook a meal for the sick, give a single mom a day out, mm. provide a need, serving others lifts my spirits and reminds me of what is important. I love all her specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be a good list good. to post in the group. Yep. I have one more, and this one is the one that just um, really caught my heart and made me really just stop and think. And it's from Leanne Kemp. And I've met her before, but I don't know her well. Her, I believe her son and daughter-in-law are members at the Katie congregation where Jordan and Aaron are. So I know who she is. And I had seen several things on her social media that she said something about her. She calls her husband, her Spartan, but I didn't know why I knew that, um, I knew that he was sick, but I didn't realize what, how serious it was. And this is what she sent to me. I'm currently watching my sweet hubs suffer through a rare cancer. Mid January, Mm -hmm. the doctors told us three to six months. I'm very sad, but struggle feeling sorry for myself. I had to read that sentence twice. I'm very sad, but I struggle feeling sorry for myself. I mean, how do you not feel Mm -hmm. sorry for yourself in this situation? Mm -hmm. She said, we've been so blessed throughout our lives. Friends and family have rallied around. We've been fortunate to have the means to seek solutions that have given him the best four years possible with his cancer. We sit in waiting rooms and see the hopelessness of so many, the aloneness that emanates from them and just feel, she says, I just feel so safe and secure in the future we have. She's not thinking about her future, their future here on earth, but future in heaven. Mm -hmm. She says a few weeks ago, Kelly, her husband looked at me and said, it will be okay. I replied that life would never be okay again, but he wisely replied, yes, it will. You'll just have to wait a bit longer. She said, I don't know if this is at all what you were wanting, but it's hard to feel sorry for yourself when we have such hope for a beautiful future and you see so many that don't. And I thought, there's your perspective because she's looking ahead to, to heaven and not just looking at what she's facing here on earth and, and her husband too, but being mm-hmm. left behind and, and losing your, your best friend and the one that you love and not, you know, losing, she knows where he's going, but, mm-hmm. but he won't be here with her. And again, I just thought back on what mm. in the, the chosen, that scene where Jesus told little James, if you will be healed, it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. But are we willing to wait that time? I just, that it hurt my heart for her. And um, I'm going to be praying for that family. I am too. And it just uh, gave me chills when you read what he said to her. It will be yeah. all right. You just have to wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. tough stuff. Uh, Sienna Hahn said, I work, I go deep, clean, anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are kindred spirits because I do the same thing. My house gets the cleanest when I'm frustrated. Yeah. Everything in my house, if left to my own to stew and feel sorry, usually I get things worked out in my head while I clean and listen to music. I need to give Sienna my address. <laughs> Let her come clean your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she'll want to do that. Yeah. She probably wants just to clean her own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I need to try that. Um, you said that was your last one. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Edie Kozor said she has a list. Write a card to someone from church, make a call to a widow or a shut-in, make a list of my blessings, stop and pray, get outside and go for a walk or play with my kids. And then she added, depending on why I'm feeling sorry for myself, I've made a visible list or mental list before of why I can 
and lists of things that I've accomplished and achieved that help remind me that I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. Things such as being married for so many years, so many years of being a faithful Christian, so many years of college, pregnant, nurse three kids, et cetera. Just things that seemed daunting or long at the time, but I completed in the past. It, I, it just helps put my trials in perspective of how short time really is. That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that one too. And then from Rhonda Storns. First, I acknowledge the fact that I'm not the first person to feel sorry for myself for whatever reason, nor will I be the last. Next, I remind myself it's okay to feel sorry for myself, to be sad and hurt, but it's not okay to let those feelings control me. Then, because I believe trying to ignore those feelings will only make them intensify, I give myself permission to embrace all the feelings that I'm experiencing for 24 hours. During that time, I pray to ask God to carry me through the time of distress, cry, eat ice cream and junk food. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> yes. Cry, pray to thank God for the blessing in my life that far blessings in my life that far outweigh what I'm experiencing at the moment. Sleep, watch old movies, cry some more and pray again to thank God for being my strength. Finally, at the end of 24 hours, I get up, get dressed and get out of the house. Usually I'll take a walk and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine or go to, go to a thrift store. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or a coffee shop. And after that, I make a conscious effort to go about daily life as nominally as possible. If after all that, the feelings are for myself, feelings try to creep back in. I squash them quickly and wipe my tears, pray and move on. I like the 24 hours. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of things that are really serious, you do need more time than the, mm -hmm. the 10 minutes I would give my boys. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's, it's a 10 minute worthy Yes. self-pity allowance. And then other times you need longer. So that, I like that. Mm -hmm. And appreciate the fact that she uh, threw the ice cream in there as well. Yeah. Bluebell ice cream, by the That's way. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bluebell ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, I tried to turn that all off. Okay. Um, and then Lori Grigsby said, I wouldn't say I feel sorry, my, sorry for myself often, but when I do, I try to stop myself quickly and think about how truly blessed I am. And I count my numerous blessings. I also think about others who have much more serious things going on than I do. Then my struggles often seem too small. Then my struggles often seem to feel so small. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one is from my sister, Christy Woodall. She said, I count my abundant blessings and nurture a heart of gratitude also consider those who have greater trials than mine and do something for them. Yeah. Yeah. Service. Yes. So I'm great advice. To, yeah. And like you said, there was a thread all the way through, get out and do something for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Count your blessings. Okay. So what do you want to do for me? What do I want to do for you? Mm -hmm. I have a whole list of things I want to do for you. Okay, good. I'll, I'll work on it tonight. <laughs> so the next time you feel sorry for yourself, you can do something. I'll do me. things just for you. Good. I yes. like that. Okay. But well, we thanks do everyone. Thank, yeah, yeah. We want to thank everybody for your inputs and they were really good suggestions. We appreciate yeah. that. Thanks yeah. for playing along. Mm -hmm. I so like that. We want to move on to our random question. Mm -hmm. So it is, what is a family recipe that you like, or that means a lot to you? The one that I thought of is one that my, I'm not sure where my mom got it, but she passed it down to me and I made it a lot. I made it way too much early in our marriage because I mm -hmm. liked it because it has pasta in it. 
And I realized that I probably shouldn't make it quite that much because we were gaining weight. And then I've passed it down to my kids. My daughter-in-law makes it for their, the grandkids actually like it. So it is a family favorite. Mm-hmm. It's called sour cream noodle casserole. Yum. But I don't call it that to the grandkids. And I don't usually call it that to anybody because if people don't like sour cream, they're automatically turned off by it. Right. So I what think do you call it? Well, casserole. <laughs> I just try not to call it anything. I think Erin calls dinner. it. Uh, she, yeah. Dinner. I think Erin just said the noodle casserole or the noodle stuff or something. Cause the kids <laughs> like noodles, but it, it's super, super simple. It's just ground beef and tomato sauce with different kinds of Italian seasonings in it, whatever you like, garlic and onion and rosemary and oregano and thyme mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And you um, brown the meat and add the tomatoes and it, you can use whatever kind of tomatoes you like. And uh, I think I like to do crushed tomatoes and then you boil noodles, whatever kind of noodles you like. And then you add in, I don't ever even measure it anymore, but add in uh, about equal amounts of sour cream and cottage cheese. So if you don't like either of those, you still have to give it a try because it all mixes together. And then you layer the noodles with the the tomato with the ground beef and put uh, cheddar cheese on top and bake it or nuke it. And it's just a kind of a comforting, mm. simple, old fifties kind of good family food. Yes. I can picture exactly what you're talking about. And that sounds mm-hmm. so good. So do you yeah. make yours with egg noodles or more of a pasta type? Noodle I started like out or something. I started out with egg noodles and I think that's what mom does. Oh, and mom puts green onions in hers. Okay. And there's that texture thing for me that I don't like the crunch of it. So I, add, I'll either saute them so that they're mm-hmm. soft because I love the onion flavor, but the crunch, I don't care more, care much for, but mom and I argue about you have, she says, you have to have a green onion crunch. And I say, Mm-mm, I don't, but, um, what did you ask me? <laughs> oh, the noodles, the kind of noodles. <laughs> so I, I have started using like the little, um, shell noodles because it kind of holds that Oh, okay. cottage cheese, sour cream mixture mm-hmm. in it. And then the, the tomato sauce stuff kind of oozes down in it. It's just good. My stomach's like about to growl right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's yours? Well, mine is a chicken pot pie that mm, my yum. mom made when we were growing up. And it's, it's kind of an unusual chicken pot pie. It's not the traditional kind, you know, a lot of pot pie recipes have the mixed vegetables in it. And mm-hmm. this doesn't have anything like that at all. Um, and the, the filling part has sort of unusual sounding ingredients. So I'm always yeah. hesitant to even tell people uh-huh. what's like in me. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then even when you see it, I'm all, I feel like I'm kind of preparing people, <laughs> you know, like you must it, like this. Yes. It looks a little different, but try it anyway. And if you don't like it, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So what, what's but, in right, it? So the filling is, um, it's got celery and onions, you know, which you saute and olive mm-hmm. oil or butter or whatever you want to do and cream of chicken soup and a little bit of mayonnaise and, and no cream of mushroom soup and a little bit of mayonnaise and boiled eggs that you mm-hmm. chop up a little bit and put in there. And then your yeah. chicken and, you know, way back when I was boiled a whole chicken and a lot of times now I just get a rotisserie chicken and use that, but and then you um, spread it in your dish and then you make your, the topping instead of like a pie crust kind of a thing, it's a pourable batter and it's self-rising flour and butter and buttermilk. Mm. 
that yeah. you whisk together and pour over it, and then you bake it. So the crust is kind of this golden brown, like a biscuit, sort of, but the texture is a little bit different. But it has mm -hmm. that um, really good, almost buttermilk biscuit flavor to mm -hmm. it, and it's just so comforting. And when I absolutely want comfort food or it's winter time, that's my go-to mm. meal. It's so good. It's good the next day, heated up. All of our boys like it. Neil likes it. But yeah, that's what I grew up on that. My mom made that so many times. Do you make it a in kid. a pie dish or like in a casserole or a nine usually, by 13? Usually a 13 by nine. Sometimes I do it in my big iron skillet, but um, okay. just whatever. Um, yeah. Are yeah. those your wind chimes? That is the ring doorbell. Oh, so okay. somebody's either at the door or the cat walked by or we're getting a delivery. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, some of those possibilities are intriguing. Yes. <laughs> well, that sounds delicious. And I think I've had it because I remember the boiled eggs and I like boiled eggs and, and it was really, mm -hmm. really yummy. Sounds like yes. the perfect comfort food. You have. When we, when we were in Colorado and you guys came over, we made it for you one time. Yeah. And I think I told you ahead of time, if you don't like it, don't tell me because <laughs> it'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> No, I love comfort food as is evidenced by weight gain, but, um, you know, just in moderation, it's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, good conversation today. Yeah. We are never it. going to feel sorry for ourselves again, but if we do, we'll just go make some good comfort food. <laughs> yeah, we'll go yeah. for a walk. We'll do some service. That was a great question for this topic, the, yes. the comfort recipe. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. We didn't even think that they kind of go together, but they did. Yeah. So basically eat our feelings. Yes. <laughs> Just Add one meal. Though. One meal. One meal in a 24 hour window. There you go. Not eat for 24 hours. Oh yeah. I don't like that though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good trip. You guys have a safe trip. Thank Be you. praying for your safe travels. And until we talk next time. All right. Keep looking up. Keep looking up. Thanks for listening. ladies. Yeah, Thank you.